1: We never knocked on a door, we built our own house, said the writing team behind the peanut butter falcon. Newcomers Tyler Nielsen and Michael Schwartz wanted to create a Mark Twain-inspired story set in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. In their latest film, Zach runs away from his care home to pursue his dreams of becoming a wrestler. The film stars Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, Bruce Stern, John Hawks, Thomas Hayden Church, and Zach Gots again in the lead role. In this exclusive interview, the team discusses building your own industry, how to write a low-budget feature, the necessity to be able to tell stories at various lengths, why you should use what you have to tell a story, how a proof of concept such as Whiplash can get a film made, and how a willingness to fail actually leads to success. This is your first time listening. Make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes, and check out the new YouTube series, also called Creative Principles.
0: Yeah, I'm a full North Carolinian. It's one of my proudest uh, one of my proudest attributes. I'm very grateful to be from that state. It's a, uh, I, I love it.
1: guess gotcha. it. Let's kind of let's kind of dive into that. Tell me a little bit about your writing process and you know it seems like you guys really write what you know you write about the areas you're familiar with and any advice you have for those trying to enter the business that are not in you know LA or New York
0: you know we we were not industry you know i think the industry is coming to us now but you know michael and i both you know no famous friends no uh no agents no managers um Sort of just, uh, you know, duct tape and sticks and uh, everything you got. So that was one of those things that you know, I was really blessed, one, to have a partner. And by the way, this is Tyler speaking and if Michael speaking. My, yeah, my voice sounds like this. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was really grateful to have a partner that, um, you know, we came at it uh, with a sort of do-it-yourself approach. Um, we never really uh, knocked on the door to ask to get in. We just kind of built our own house. Um, and then people are coming to that now. But any any advice I would have for getting into the industry would be build your own industry. I think Tyler Perry... He's a great example of that. I think you know other North Carolinians like, you know, I know he's from Virginia, but you know the Danny McBride crew and the um, David Gordon Green guys have done a really wonderful job by just doing what they want um, when they want to do it and not really asking permission. So I would just say get some friends and get a camera and learn how to edit and start writing and. You know, that's the magic right now is you don't have to be in L.A. to make things. You can be in North Carolina and make things. You know, if you have an iPhone, you can make things. It's, it's a nice time for, for that.
1: What's kind of the initial key? I mean, a, a big thing I imagine would be writing something a little, a little more low budget, something more of a character piece. Like, what are some of your you know, aspects to the formula of getting something made for, like, a first-time writer-director?
0: short film, uh, you know, and if you're going to be a first-time writer-director, I, w- I would recommend keeping it small. You could do, you know, there's so many ways to cut it up. You could do a feature, you know, and then you could say, well, I'm going to do a feature um, in a in interiors and, you know, whatever that, to make it simple. It is m- my recommendation would be learn how to tell a story in 30 seconds, 2 minutes, 10 minutes. You know, Mike and I spend a lot of time, Mike comes from a commercial background, so, you know, there's a story told in 30 seconds. You have to learn how to tell that story. You know, telling a story in short form, like 10 minutes, like we made the moped Diaries on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and we had to learn how to tell a story in 10 minutes. That being said, it took us, you know, we shot that short film twice, and it took us over a year and a half just to make it a 10-minute short film. So I think, you know, commit to excellence of storytelling no matter what you're doing and try to tell shorter shorter form things that are within, just within your reach but not really. And use what you got. You know, if you grew up on a, a tree farm and, you you know, like you can write to that. You know, like we wrote for the Outer Banks of North Carolina because I grew up in Outer Banks of North Carolina. I know boats. I know uh, I have friends with um, locations and junkyards. I knew I could do all that stuff uh, on my own with Mike. And, you know, we went and shot a proof of concept, um, which is essentially a five minute trailer for the film. And that's what got the film made. You know, we were in North Carolina, on the Outer Banks, you know, of North Carolina, um, rolling around with a camera, cutting together footage uh, of the script we had written just to get people to read it. And I think you can also, when
2: you're shooting stuff like that and it's small, you can tell what part of the writing works, what part of the script is, is overwritten or underwritten, and make adjustments accordingly
1: when you 're making like a short, are you mainly presenting style or style and script? you kind of see it as as a small version of the big picture
0: well, shorts are interesting because you can there's a lot of ways you can go and there's no there's no uh, obviously there's there's no uh, right or wrong way to do it. We took a much larger approach to a, the short film um, and tried to do it with a, a bit of a grand approach uh, that also being said. Um, you can do a scene, you know, like you can do uh, a short can be a, something as simple as a scene that has a good arc in it uh, that can be between two people, you know. Um, like
2: the whipl- Whiplash did a great yes, job with that whiplash stuff. Whiplash did a great a job.
0: Uh, you can do a walk and talk scene like the Ball Rocket guys did, um, you know, or you can do something more grand like the guys that did uh, the death of the Tin Man and then they went from the Death of, the tin, of a tin man, the tin Man, I believe, to go and make um, Beats of, of the Southern Wild. So, you know, it's uh, shorts. There's a million ways to cut it, and I in some ways think it's more challenging to do a short than it is a feature just narratively because there's almost no structure to it. It can be anything, whereas a feature is very clearly.
2: You have your, your inciting incident beat, your midpoint, your end point.
0: And it's about 90 to 110 minutes, and, you know, there's a rhythm to it, and we all know that rhythm. Short films, like it's a two minute short, it's a sixty second short, it's a ten minute short. There's, there's it's a, it's a lot more open, it's more jazzy, so you gotta find your rhythm within that.
1: You mentioned several films there. When I first saw this trailer, it kinda reminded me of a um kind of like Mud, like one of the Jeff Nichols films or Take Shelter.
0: Love that movie. Yeah, we were very inspired by Jeff and Mud. yeah.
1: And there's a lot there's even references to Mark Twain. So you've got kind of a, a new and old feel to it. What were some of the resources or references you maybe thought of when you're writing this movie, or what did you look to 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 capture certain scenes?
0: Uh, we really wanted, you know, our we wanted a movie that felt like classic literature, classic Americana literature, and I think that was uh, something we could have done. We did well in North Carolina, um, but you know, like uh, I mean, obviously, Mud, Stand by Me, um, those served as uh, great examples. But we really sort of sat with um, what would Mark Twain. What would a Mark Twain movie feel like? Um, and then our own stuff too. But that was a that was a nice sort of comeback grounding point.
1: Let's talk about some of these um, main characters. Um, so you obviously have a very powerful script, but how did you get some of these big name actors to kind of come consider these roles for more of a first time writer director team?
0: Yeah, we you know again it comes back to that proof of concept shooting that trailer by ourselves and getting that in front of the in front of people, you know. Um, I think that proof of concept really helped out and got Shia to say yes real quickly. You know, that and we had producers like, you know, um, Ron and Albert. Uh, and you come, you know, those uh, and the combination of that um, really helped us uh, move forward. But, you know, Shia is a bit of an actor's magnet. People want to work with him. And, uh, you know, it, we got a big yes when he said he'd do it.
1: What was it like in some of the filming process? I mean, some of these scenes, uh, similar to to Mud, where you know McConaughey's on this island, you've got Shia's character. kind of out in the woods for most of it. Both these main characters, are you guys out there, kind of, you know, in the dirt and thick of it? Like, is it? Are you actually deep in the? Woods? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah, we're
0: we dirty dudes. Yeah, yeah, we're dirtballs, man. We 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 were swimming when they were swimming. You know, we we shot most, the, the, most of the movie in bathing suits. You know, there's a lot of photos like of us. Up to our necks in water. Yeah, a lot of photos of us on set in bathing suits. Barefooted. Yeah.
1: Does that kind of bring something extra to it? Like, is that something you see where, you know, you know, young, a younger, first-time filmmakers are probably more hungry to do those things versus someone who's, you know, been making a lot of movies and they're more used to being on set in studios. Is that something you see or are you inspire to people to do and go get out there after it like that?
0: I would say yeah. I mean, like you know, we weren't we didn't have the blessing of getting to uh, um, uh, shoot with studio. We weren't, you know, we're not those guys, so I can't speak to that. But I mean, it's uh, how we work. We like to, we're very very um, involved emotionally, spiritually, even physically. So yeah, we weren't behind the monitors in an air conditioned uh, Moho uh, telling people, you know, yelling at people through bullhorns. You know, we were uh, right next to them, swimming alongside of them.
1: What was kind of the, the hardest part, the most difficult part of the writing process for you when writing the script?
0: I don't, you know, to be totally honest with you, um, the writing the script wasn't really challenging. Um, it was uh, It was a lovely process, but it wasn't challenging. I think the real hard part was convincing someone to give us money to make art. You know, getting people to read the script was hard. Maybe a hundred times harder than than writing a script. Writing is something you can do for basically free. You can do it with a napkin and a pin, piece of you know a, a pen and a, a napkin. You know, I'm really grateful that we had uh, I had a MacBook Pro and I had a final draft. But you know, it's not expensive to write. You don't have to get permission to write. The the challenging thing is when you want to go beyond the pages into something that you know actually produced.
1: Where did uh, the first time story like this, did a lot of this come from personal stories? Like what made you want to uh, have this kind of loosely revolve around wrestling for one example?
0: All right. Wrestling really cool. You know, like Zach loves wrestling. It came from Zach, you know, we wanted to stay true to like that. And we also as a team when we were, you know, we're writing it, we we're really aware of like, where do you want to spend the next two years of your life? Cause we're grinding here and this is where we're going to be on sets. So we're going to be in our minds. And it was, just the idea of maybe getting, you know, Jake the Snake and Mick Foley out there to shoot a wrestling scene was beyond, you know, exciting. So, yeah, it's
2: theatrical. It's big. You don't want to look away. Um, what was Tyler said earlier today, we, we could have ended up with a chess scene, but it probably wouldn't have been as fun to watch.
1: So tell me a little bit about um, casting Zach. Like, you have to have kind of this perfect guy for this role. How did he come about? How did you find him for the film?
2: Um, We actually wrote it for Zach. We'd been friends with him for three years before we started writing the script, and he had studied acting most of his life. He went to a performing arts high school. He ushers in a movie theater to be close to movies, and um, he wanted to be a movie star and, and act in longer pieces, and we were having a conversation with him, and we said, Zach, you know, there aren't a lot of opportunities for people with disabilities to be in the movies, and he just Stepped up and said, let's do it together. The three of us, let's make it. You guys write and direct, and I'll be in it. So we started We started it with Zach. He was the genesis of the project.
1: It definitely seems like whenever you guys have the chance, you focus on the realism of the story uh, with Zach and everything else as well. Hey, how important is it to make it as authentic as possible?
2: Anytime you can make it more authentic and feel real, it's, it's very important. Um, specifically with Zach's character, I think it was really important to us uh, to depict um, disability authentically and show, you know, Zach's that character of Zach is written with, you know, he experiences frustrations, he has goals and aspirations, he he laughs, he gets upset, and I think a lot of times those roles are usually smaller roles and um, underwritten. So I think for us it was really important to get that right.
1: How do you, so a lot of people, like Robert Rodriguez mentions, making a list of things you have and then writing a script around that, which you guys have done to some degree. What advice do you have for people kind of getting out of their own way to realize kind of what their expertise is or to realize that something that they may be overlooking is actually powerful in a film?
2: I mean, I love that Robert Rodriguez says that. We kind of describe it in the same way. But the the thing that I hear, and I have, I have a lot of friends that are filmmakers and the ones that are sometimes waiting for money or waiting for a better camera seem to be the ones that don't make stuff quite as often, And the people that are willing to just go out and say, "I can tell this story myself or with an iPhone or borrow a camera from a friend, um, willing to fail more usually have a lot more success.
1: Kind of like less less precious with it, more willing to go, you know, get it made now versus waiting for the perfect whatever. Is that kind of the way you see filmmaking in general?
2: Yeah, maybe less precious, but still caring a lot. I think you can take a risk and still care. So I don't want to say like being um, flippant, but more, it's more about taking the risk.
1: And last question. You've given a lot of great advice already. Would you have any final advice for first-time uh, filmmakers, or is there anything you wish you had known before making this film?
2: I mean, um I think we were blessed with it, but just really bringing the right people on set, I think so many people helped us from the camera department to the a d department to the set designers. I think it takes it takes an army, and we I wouldn't change anything we We wound up with all the right team, um, but I didn't realize how important it was until we were actually there doing it.
1: Thank you for tuning into the show. If this is your first time listening, please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the new YouTube series we've started. And check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.